Church, glad that you're here this morning. Upper Room folks, glad you're with us as well. Uh, of course, all our people worshiping with us uh, online uh, like the bumper, right? It's like the favorite spot is when Jesus goes, Ayo. That is awesome, isn't it? Upper Room, give me an Ayo. Ayo. Thank you. I heard him. Yeah. Hey, we are continuing in our series, uh, Little Kid Big Faith, right? And on a practical level, it's because, well, guess what? We're remodeling the uh, elementary, upper elementary area, and so uh, that means our elementary, upper elementary kids are with us, so we want to speak to them today. Uh, but also in this series, we want to speak to uh, parents, we want to speak to grandparents, we want to speak to adults who even know a kid exists. Uh, and uh, ultimately, some of you out there are kids at heart anyway, right? So we want to speak to everybody. And it really is about uh, not just your age, but about faith, especially as we get into today. Uh, and we uh, base it on a simple truth, and that is that kids have faith too. Uh, and that means kids have mission too, right? This is uh, Pastor uh, uh, Paul from the New Testament speaking to young Pastor Andrew saying, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young, right? Yeah, it's not a question of age, right? Here's what we know. We know that God is working in the lives of our kids every single day just as much as he's working in the lives of adults. It's not a question of age. And therefore, faith is uh, at work. Faith is being created. And that means also our kids can make a difference uh, in other people's lives. You don't just grow to adulthood and say, okay, now I can make a difference. No, he takes us all the time regardless of our age. So we're going to see that today as we see another experience of a little kid in the Bible who uh, shows us what big faith uh, looks like. And to get a sense of it, to get into it, uh, started starting out with some signs today. And I want to get some general agreement. I hope you agree with me on these things. Uh, so, for instance, can we kind of look at these signs and agree uh, that it's important that people in general follow these signs, especially when they're behind the wheel, right? And parents, would you agree with me that uh, at some point in time, even though you may be nervous about it, you're going to get your child behind the wheel and you're going to teach them they need to follow these signs, correct? Yeah, kids, listen to me. Someday uh, you, you need to know these signs and you need to follow the signs, right? And that's important for us when we get to this text because uh, it's important for us just to, to agree that, that we need to follow the signs. We, we need to understand these signs are good for us and the best thing we can do to keep ourselves safe, to keep our kids safe, to keep everything uh, going in the right direction is just to follow the signs. After all, that's why we're doing this series, right? We're doing this series because we want our kids to have big faith. Parents, are you with me? You want your kids to have extraordinarily big faith. That's what we're doing here. How can we grow the faith of our kids? To do that, we have to challenge growing the faith of our parents and the faith of adults. Key to it is following the signs. Why following the signs? Well, the story we're looking, the experience we're looking at today comes uh, in one place out of the Gospel of John. And in the Gospel of John, John lays out a series of signs. In fact, in the beginning of chapter, <coughs> excuse me, chapter 6, where this miracle takes place, uh, John says a huge crowd kept following Jesus wherever he went because they saw his miraculous 
signs, right? Signs are important, right? So they're following him. They're watching what he does. They're seeing the signs, right? And if you go into the Gospel of John, you'll see that's exactly what he's been doing. Back in chapter 4, he heals another kid. He heals an official's son. And what's so interesting that when John tells us about that experience, he also reminds us, oh yeah, remember that back in chapter 2, he did his first sign at the wedding in Cana where he took jugs and jugs of water and multiplied that into an abundance of incredibly good wine. He goes out of his way in the second sign to remind you of the first sign. And then in chapter 5, he tells about the next sign where Jesus makes a lame man well. And it's not just any lame man. It's a guy who's been lame for 30 years, something that most people would rationally look at and say impossible. But this is the series of signs that's taking place in the Gospel of John as Jesus is doing his ministry. And people are watching the signs. They are following Jesus because they understand these signs. And we get to the next sign in chapter 6. It is this story that you just heard, this experience you just heard of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Now, what's so significant about this sign is that when you go through the Gospels and you compare them side by side and you look at all the miracles that Jesus did, there are only two miracles that take place in all four Gospels. There's only two miracles that are replicated and told about in, consistently in all four Gospels. One of them is the miracle of the resurrection itself. Would you say that's an important sign? <laughs> big sign. Better get your head and heart around that one, right? We just celebrated it. Big, big sign. And guess what the other sign is? Jesus feeding the 5,000, or for us, a boy sharing his lunch. Would you agree with me? Signs are important, and they're important to follow. And we better pay attention especially to this sign. We get into the sign, the experience itself. People are following Jesus. There's a huge crowd there. It says Jesus soon saw the huge crowd of people coming uh, to look for him and turning to Philip, the adult in the room. Turning to Philip, one of the adults, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Now notice verse 6, very important verse. He was doing what? He was testing Philip. It says he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. He was testing Philip. What was he testing? What's the test? Philip, have you been watching the signs? Are you ready to follow and obey the signs? Philip, There's a huge crowd here. They've all been following me. They've been watching the signs. They're following because of the signs. Philip, have you been paying attention to the signs? Are you ready to step out in big faith and simply follow the signs? How do we know that's the test? 
because of the second half of the verse. First half, he was testing Philip. Second half, for he already knew what he was going to do. What is the answer to the test? The test, Philip, what do you think? What should we do? The answer he's looking for. Well, Jesus, <laughs> you multiply the water in the wine and you heal the kid over here and you heal the guy that nobody thought was even possible to heal, so I guess it's up to you, man. What was he looking for? What was the test? Philip, Mr. Adult, will you follow the signs? Will you believe? Will you just step out in big faith? Will you put it into my hands? Philip, the adult, responds, Listen, Jesus, even if we work for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. What did, you, what did Philip just make the center of the question? Money. That is not what Jesus was asking about, really. That is not what the test was about at all. It had nothing to do with money. It only had to do with faith. This is the test. This is the challenge. Will our kids exercise big faith even now? Will we as adults, will we exercise big faith and show our kids what it looks like. Give them a sign in our own household of what big faith looks like. Or will we make it simply about money? Because if it's about money, if we make this all simply about money, then the answer is always the same, just like Philip's answer. We don't have enough. It's just not enough. I just can't make the tithe this month because there's too many other bills. There's just not enough. You see, we'll always find a reason if we make it simply about the dollar amount why there isn't enough. Just like Philip. And in contrast, it takes a boy, a little kid, a little kid to show big faith. It says, Andrew was there, Simon Peter's brother. He speaks up and he says, well, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But then notice what he does. He starts out so good, but then he backs off and says, but what good is that with this huge crowd? Answer, well, if you're only relying on five loaves and two fish, if you're only thinking it's a money question, not much. They're not going to do much good at all. But put it in the hands 
of Jesus, and it can feed 5,000 and then some. They didn't have enough money. What they had was Jesus. <laughs> we don't have to worry about whether our kids are ever going to have enough money. What we got to worry about if our kids are always going to have enough big faith. Because if they have big faith, they can deal with, endure, overcome, and live a life of victory because they have the victor, Jesus. All they have to do is give it all into his hands. All we have to do is give it all into his hands. Parents, you, you probably have no problem bringing your kids to that baptismal font and, and bringing your kids there and saying, Jesus, here, the most valuable thing in my life, the most valuable, valuable, valuable things in my life, I am giving my child completely and totally to you. If you had no problem with that, why do you have a problem giving him your money? I don't get it. I don't understand it. If you would give over that precious possession, why would you not simply give him everything? If not for your sake, for theirs. Why? Simple principle. Write this one down. Commit this to memory. Big faith issues in radical generosity. And radical generosity creates big faith. Did you get that? Big faith issues in radical generosity. And radical generosity creates big faith. If you want your kids, parents, grandparents, adults out there, if you want your kids to have big faith, Start teaching them now radical generosity. Show them radical generosity. Not for the money. For the faith. We ought to get this. The Old Testament ends with this challenge. The Old Testament closes with the prophet Malachi. And the prophet Malachi lays it right out there. He just kind of issues the challenge and the invitation. He says, listen, bring all the tithes of the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. Not just anybody. Lord of Heaven's armies. If you do, I'll open up the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in Try it. Do what? Put me to the test. He will always pass the test. Even when we fail, he will always pass the test. Even when we doubt, he will always pass the test if we just put it into his hands. And so Jesus says to those disciples, those who are doubting, those adults who are questioning, so tell the people to sit down. 
What a moment, huh? Can you imagine those disciples in that moment? I mean, they just went through the test. They just went through the whole thing. And twice the adults in the room said, we don't have enough. We don't have enough. No way. Not possible. And yet Jesus turns around and says to them, look, give me at least this much faith, will you? Give me at least this much trust. Just tell the people to sit down. Can you imagine the disciples? I don't want you to tell them to sit down. Not going to be do any good anyway. They're just going to sit down and still be hungry, waste the time. But okay, Jesus. It's a moment of faith. Will you trust Jesus? And then there's the boy. There's the boy. The boy is there with his lunch. Five loaves, two fish. The lunch of a poor boy. Not a wealthy boy. The lunch of a poor boy. And it says, then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks. You know what's amazing about that? The boy didn't take his lunch and run. Right? The boy didn't take his lunch and run. The boy didn't even have a wrestling match with Jesus saying, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes. The boy didn't even bargain with Jesus and say, listen, Jesus, I'll give you my lunch if you... How many times have we done that? The boy just puts it into Jesus' hands. Now imagine the boy. Imagine the boy. What is going through the heart and mind of the boy? When this all started, it said the huge crowd was there because they had been watching all the miraculous what? The miraculous signs. The boy had been watching the signs. What's going on in the mind and the heart of the boy? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? I mean, I, I heard he took water, gallons and gallons and gallons, turned into all kinds of abundance of wine. I heard he healed another boy. I heard there was a guy lame for 30 years, he healed him. What is he going to do with my lunch? I am like so juiced and excited. What are the possibilities of what Jesus is going to do with my lunch? Parents, what are the possibilities of what Jesus is going to do in and through your kids when you teach them big faith? I got to tell you, I am juiced about the future of Christ Church, not because of just some addition that's going on. I am juiced because of the young people and the kids that are going to know Jesus and be able to exercise big faith. This place of the world hasn't seen anything yet. When we just teach our kids, put it in the hands of Jesus. It's not about dollars and cents. It's not about money. Just exercise big faith. 
So I heard when we uh, announced, I don't know, a month ago or so, that uh, we gave $92,000 away to put a uh, roof. Remember that? Put a roof on a kid's center in downtown Milwaukee. Came back to me, some folks said, wow, if they can give away $92,000, what do they need my money for? Here's the truth. We don't. I mean, I know that's not paid for. I know we're going to have to take out a loan to pay for that. But it's not about the money. What we need, what we desire, what we're all about, what we want is your faith. We want big faith. Because big faith will generate big generosity. And big generosity will change the lives of our kids. It will change the lives of our community. It will change the lives of our city. Big faith is what it's all about. And big faith in our kids is going to take this place to do things we haven't even thought or dreamed of. Do not leave today thinking you heard a message about money. You are hearing it about a boy, a kid, who just puts it in the hands of Jesus and exercises big faith. He's not alone, adults. Jesus is in Jerusalem. Of all places, he's hanging out at the temple. While he's hanging out the temple, the most incredible place in Jerusalem, while he's hanging out at the temple, he sits and he watches people put money in the treasury. Do you think this is an important issue for Jesus? Of all the places he could be in Jerusalem, of all the places he could be in the temple, he spends time sitting there and watching people putting their offering in the temple treasury. And who does he lift up? Not the people that put in large sums of money. It's not about the money. He lives up the woman who puts in big faith. And she has given what? Everything. She gave everything. Big faith. You see what the boy teaches us. What the boy teaches us is not only how to exercise and trust God and just put it into the hands of Jesus and exercise big faith, but he reminds us and shows us we can do that because we have a big God who is generous. We have a big God who is radically generous. The boy steps out in big faith. Jesus does what only Jesus can do. And after everybody was full, Jesus told his disciples, now listen, gather up the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. We need some doggy bags. So they picked up the pieces, filled the the pieces, filled 12 baskets with scraps that left over by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. How much can Jesus multiply when we step out in big faith? More than that. Think of the boy. Can you imagine the doggy bag he went home with that day? I mean, he just started with five loaves and a couple fish. Can you imagine? Mom, Dad, here I am. Brought home the leftovers from lunch. Amazing. When we just exercise big faith. Because we have radically generous 
God. How do we know that? Because he held nothing back. He gave up his most precious possession, his own son. And his son held nothing back. He gave up his very life so that we could have life. We have a radically generous God. And he invites us through a boy to step out in big faith, knowing, trusting who he is. Parents, please give your kids an example of radical generosity and big faith. If you want your kids to have that faith, it will endure everything. If you want your kids to be, live in victory in life, to make the decisions that are going to be God-honoring and faithful, start now. Teach them radical generosity now. And it's not a question of money. You've heard me say this before from the platform. Jill and I, we started tithing when I was in seminary and she was a Lutheran school teacher. You know how much money those people make? Yeah. And we had student loans. But we stepped out in faith. We started sponsoring our first international child when we were in that situation. Why did we do that? Because we wanted to know that somebody else was dependent on our radical generosity. It's not a question of money. It is always a question of faith. Parents, teach your kids radical generosity by being an example of big faith. And God is waiting for us to pass this test to look at the signs, to just believe the signs, to just trust the signs, and just remember how blessed we are. He's in the disciples with the boat. The boat's uh, going along, and the disciples are like, who brought lunch? They start arguing with each other about who brought lunch, and what does Jesus say? You're arguing about who brought lunch? Don't you remember when I fed the 5,000 and more? Just remember. Remember who God is. And you can step out in radical generosity, in big faith, and pour it into our kids. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thanks for being who you are. This experience today is uh, all about you being who you are, giving us those signs challenging us to just trust the signs, believe we can give you everything, that we can give you everything. You're good for it. You will work in our lives. You'll work in our kids' lives, and, and you will honor big faith. So, Lord, we ask this morning, help us to uh, make this all about faith and to look at the example of this boy and to step into that same situation every day. To just be people of big faith. To let nothing draw us away or have us waver from a faithfulness that puts everything into your hands.
Lord, we ask you this in the name of Jesus who gave up everything for us. Amen.